The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. You know what? I had to take a moment also because I had to let the Fordham game finish to just get it out of get a little bit out of my system. Cause that is it's gonna be hard to beat this win this year. Honestly, it is going to be hard to beat this win this year because that was nothing but guts. That was nothing but guts from everybody that put that got on that floor tonight. They had to fight everything. They had to fight Davidson's really good offense in the first half. They had to fight the referees and their absolute horse manure. They had to fight being on the road and the swim, the, the swim team guys doing their whatever. They had to fight everything. And they found a way to win. And that is the stuff of championship teams. That kind of win is the stuff of championship teams. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Live here in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Or in podcast land if you're listening there. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear. And I really hope you love what you hear tonight. Because this is going to be a very celebratory post-game. Slip us a little dinero. There is a PayPal link in the description on all your podcast platforms. And we thank you. And if you're like Paul Hammond, who gave us a donation the other day, uh, thank you so much for doing it. We really appreciate it. Um, My God, VCU had everything against them. And I mean everything tonight, including themselves, because they were were defensively, I mean, hell, doggone – Dayton, Dayton, that's Dayton. I said Dayton, and they're playing right now, and I actually have that in one of my windows. Doggone Davidson shoots 61.9% in the first half and five of seven from three. And VCU, any other year down at the Bell Arena, would have been down 15, and it would have been no chance. But they were only down two. And that right there shows you that this team's made of stronger stuff than what we all thought, including me. And they held Davidson to 8-27 in the second half and 2-for-9 from three. And it almost wasn't enough, but man alive. Ace Baldwin, what a night. Uh, 14 points, 7 assists, no turnovers. No turnovers. How huge is this? VCU had only six turnovers for the game. Only six. Davidson had 14, and the points off turnovers were gigantic for VCU, 20-5. to What a great performance. And Bruce Stevenson, yes. They didn't have Foster Lawyer, and they really didn't have Menanga for a half. So you could argue that we're all getting a little carried away here with this win. But we're getting to the time of year where style points don't mean jack. And when you get lucky with stuff like that, and they have been lucky plenty this year, they didn't have to face Ronald Polite, 
against Mason, and Mason's backcourt just couldn't handle VCU. They didn't have, they didn't get to face Noah Fernandes with UMass, and VCU belled them from one end to the other. And no foster lawyer tonight. But as I said last year, when this situation came up, nobody was crying the blues for us when Vince Williams didn't play against Dayton. So you ain't going to see me crying the blues there either. And I mean, this was just, this was pure guts. Because not, not a lot was working. Not a lot was going in their favor. These referees were atrocious tonight. And I hope we never see them again. And I can have this complaint because we didn't lose. But I'm telling you, if we'd have lost this game, that play on Jalen Deloach when they missed the foul, when he misses the shot, Bailey punches, almost punches him in the face. He doesn't mean to, obviously. But he hits him in the face with almost a fist. If that ain't a flagrant foul, then there ain't no such thing. Get rid of the rule. Get rid of the rule. That should have been two shots and the ball for VCU. They get the ball back, and I just thought, we've lost. I just assumed we were going to lose. Because that's the kind of stuff that happens when you get beat. Every stinking time. Darren Grimes, that's a great question. Because they didn't have it. And I'll tell you, and I'll answer your question about how they couldn't change the call. Number one, as Chick Renata has rightly pointed out, they didn't call a foul on the floor because somehow they didn't see that. And and so and they and they didn't have the guts to to play to call flagrant, which was the right call. That is what they should have called. And they didn't have the guts to do it. That's why, that's why, that's why that was happening. And then at least, yes, at least they made it up, as you rightly say, and I said it in the game thread. They called it off. They finally called an offensive foul on a drive on Dayton, because that's another thing they got away with all night. I watched Desmond Watson dip his shoulder three times before they finally called that one to make to do the makeup call uh, at the end. You know, he got away with it three times where he dipped his shoulder, knocked the VCU player over, and they called nothing. They called zip. Goodness gracious. But what a what an absolutely gutsy win. Don't make a three, they go 0 for 9. And Shriver had a couple of good looks, although I, I thought on one of them he passed up one to take the shot and he should have taken the first one. But even Shriver, he gets fouled on a three and makes all three free throws. That came when they were kind of starting to spin their wheels near the end of the half and they found a way to do it. Oh, Bruce Stevenson, that's such a great point. Frickin' Brykovich used to get away with that stuff all the time against us. And he and he absolutely, he absolutely, you know, it was it wasn't as it it, it was almost as bad as that. Menenga couldn't get away with that stuff for whatever reason. And and look, Darren, I I agree with you. He Deloach can't react. However, this is one of the rare and here's the other thing. At least he was on the bench when he did it. At least a lot. I mean, and that's the other thing. Let's give Mike Rhodes some credit. Mike Rhodes knew what was going to happen and got Deloach right out of that game immediately because he knew he was going to react. That's the one time where Deloach being mad, I'm not going to be mad at him at because he got hit in the face and they called nothing. That is a, that is atrocious. These referees are atrocious, but it didn't matter anyway. And it didn't matter because for once the ball didn't lie and the foul shot didn't go in. Oh, and that's the other thing. Calling that foul on who, uh, none or Kern or whoever it was 
to give Watson a chance to tie the game. That was the biggest bunch of BS. Kiss my, kiss my entire rear end. What the heck was that? I cannot believe they called that. Oh, my goodness. Jason Hutto, we had a very tough time defensively. And, yes, John O'Neill, I'm going to get to that. Um, we just had a tough time defensively containing them. And, honestly, a lot of it was, you know, I think Davidson at times gets over-reliant on doggone Foster Lawyer. Well, he's not out there tonight. And it looked to me, when you look at when you look at uh, when you look at Davidson Satch, that Kachera, Huffman, and even even the big old Schmo Scopeman, they kind of could play their more natural games, and it worked. Uh, sure, Corey, I understand all that, but you know what? This is this look. And by the way, a bunch of you have t talked up Nick Kern. Nick Kern, even though he only had two points tonight, he made a lot of good plays. He got the short end of the stick from the refs. I love Nick Kern. But understand this. You are on the road in conference play, and we're getting to the we're getting to the business end of the year. It's very rarely going to be easy because, because you know, this end of the year, guys are getting to the last games they're ever going to play, and they are going to put it all on the line, too. And and Davidson, look, Davidson almost beat St. Louis the other night. So at least at the Belk Arena. Even if they're not as ferocious as they were under Bob McKillop, it's not exactly an easy. It's not exactly an easy trip there. And any other year we'd have lost this game. Any other year we would have lost this game the way this was going because it's not like last year where we got the big lead and then the referees tried to tried to help Davidson reel a fifteen point lead in. Honest to goodness, three nothing is our biggest lead tonight. Three nothing. So, so VCU was walking the tight wire the whole way, the whole way, and they and they came up with the goods at the end. And I mean, it was there were so many little plays that went against them. You know, Brandon Johns has got to be better at finishing the basket. For him to be four thirteen with that many shots close to the basket is come on, Brandon. Somebody said it in the in the gym that he in the game thread he needs to get in the weight room. I think he does. Because you just you can't miss that many, but doggone you know we had it we had a, we had a great alley hoop play that was Zeb Jackson's only basket, you know and one of seven assists for Baldwin. Um, doggone you know Jameer Watkins, let's give him some credit. You know he's had a lot of he's had a lot of tough situations these last two games, but he gets a big rebound off that missed free throw. And Jameer and by the way Jameer Watkins eight rebounds tonight and three steals. Eight rebounds, by the way. The only guy that beats Jameer Watkins on that is Jalen Deloach, who had another fabulous game. And and I thought, you know, he he can't be as physical as he wants to be because of these idiot refs. And it was tough on him. You know, Scobman went to work on him when, when Menenga was out of there with the fouls. And he had a tough night in some respects. But Jalen Deloach kept, kept, kept swinging – Kept fighting down there, and he made a big difference. Good night, Corey. Thanks for joining us. Um, oh, and it's absolutely right, Bruce. That those three free throws for Shriver were huge. But Jalen Deloach, you know, considering that he didn't start, let's not forget that. He didn't start the first three and a half minutes. So I don't know if that was to do with what happened the other day, but he came out there. He had great energy. 
He played tough. He had to play tough. And 12 points, he almost had another double-double. And actually, he should have had a double-double, but I think they didn't count that rebound when he turned it over when he got punched in the face. I'm going to look at that real quick because I'm not sure they counted that rebound or not because if they didn't, they literally denied him a double-double because he got whacked in the face, and that's just bull, you know what, is what that is. Yeah, they didn't count that. Oh no, they did count it, so he got nine, and then they and then they gave him his only turnover of the night because yeah, he had the he had the nerve for his face to get in the way of uh, Reed Bailey's hand. What in the heck? Well, Frank Hyde, the biggest thing with Johns is he gets close enough dunk it seriously, and that's one thing I give Deloach credit for. When Deloach could get close enough to dunk it, he did. But yeah, Ace Baldwin tonight. It the class. This is the classic Ace game. This is the Ace game that to me can make him a player of the year because you saw it so many times. He would manipulate the defense, and then somebody would make the cut, and he'd get it to him. He did that with Watkins. It was really great uh, one of the times. He did that with uh, he did that a couple times with Johns, too. I mean, Ace Baldwin was the master puppeteer tonight, but how about that shot? And you think how many jumpers. We missed so many doggone jumpers and couldn't make a three. But Ace Baldwin, when he is square to the basket and he shoots that jumper, oh, his, he's so smooth sometimes. And you knew, as soon as that shot went up, I knew I just felt like it was going in, and it did. And what an absolutely huge thing. And let's talk, hey, let's say, and let's talk about this too. The end of the half, so they're playing terrible. They're down eight with 65 seconds left, and they get doggone, they, they get the doggone, uh, Six straight points to end the half. And, yeah, Ace had a good chunk of that Todd St. Pierre, and that was just massive, absolutely massive. Uh, and, and Jason Hutto, that's the point. Because you know what? Games like this is how you make yourself a championship team. Games like this is, is, is what you need to be ready for the tournament. You need to have games like this. Uh, and you need to find a way through, even when it's when, when absolutely everything is against you. Uh, they were down nine with thirty four twenty five. That was with two thirty seven left. So we get to sixty five seconds left, or sixty eight seconds left. Deloach hits a layup. Davidson calls a thirty second timeout. One hundred five. Then you get Johns off a of Baldwin a layup. Then you get John's a free throw, so he gets a three-point play, and then Baldwin hits the jumper right at the end. Massive. Massive, massive, massive. So, you know, they down nine, and they close with a 7 nothing run in the last 237. And they get, excuse me, not six points, they get five points in the last minute. And really the last 30 seconds to, to, to get this thing down to two when they had no right to be in the game, to be honest. Not the way Davidson's shooting it. But let's credit them, too. They get doggone – they forced like 10 turnovers in the first half. And even though Davidson didn't have a ton of turnovers in the second half, I'm going to look, but they wouldn't have had many turnovers in the second half, I would have thought. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, they only had four turnovers in the second half, but VCU only had three. So, you know, so what? And, by the way, VCU on the boards, plus seven in the second half and plus six. On, on offensive rebounds, and let me see here. And plus five on second chance points. And that's sometimes, that is what you need on a day, on a night like this, in a game like this, 
and they did that. And I just, you just cannot praise this team enough for those kind of efforts because those kind of efforts, again, it's it's games like this that make you a championship team because it is not going to go. Look, that five game streak they had, everything was going their way. They were playing fantastic, and you saw what happened. They were knocking teams over left, right, and sideways, and it was magnificent. But you saw it against St. Bonaventure. Stuff started to go against them, and they just couldn't work their way through it, and they ended up getting beat. And then tonight, everything was against them. Being on the road in front of a packed house, referees just giving them the you-know-what everywhere, you know, getting away with smacking somebody in the face and nothing happens. And they found a freaking way. I'm so proud of these guys. I am so proud of every stinking one of them because it took them all. And and Todd St. Pierre, only six turnovers is magnificent, especially when Baldwin has zero and he's got seven by himself. So Baldwin has more assists than the whole team had turnovers. That's pretty special. And, yes, Ryan Thompson, it is amazing to win without a three. But I'll tell you what. What, what you always say about this team is they know, the, and these guards know it especially, they can always win going to the basket. And look, I'll be honest, I, I would have liked, I mean, they took five threes in the second half, which is not egregious. You know, out of 33 shots, that's not egregious. I do wish it was less because they were getting to the 10 so often, the heck with it. It was like, why even shoot the jumper? And and they'll know it's coming. So what? Let's see him stop it. And then you just you have to you have to run. You have to be precise with your cuts and your passing because it'll be clogged in the lane. And you have to have a few guys make a few ten footers here and there. Or in Baldwin's case, it was about a twelve footer that he hit to win the game. What a what an effort! Forty percent from the field, zero percent from three, and win the game anyway. You don't do that if you don't got it in, if you don't got it in your gut. You don't do that if you don't have the heart for it. And look, we qu- we've questioned this team's heart at times this year. They've had games. They've had games where you were wondering if, if this team was really representing what this program's been all about the last 15 years and all that sort of thing. Can't question it after this because they, they, they're not supposed to win this game. They are not supposed to win this game. The other team – is getting to the line and making them for the most part. They were seven of nine in the second half, but they had two big misses at the end. You know, the other team, the other team makes freaking doggone seven threes and you make zero. You're not supposed to win a game like that. You're not. You're not supposed. To, you're not supposed to win a game where the other team shoots thirteen to twenty-one in the first half, nearly makes two thirds of their shots. But these guys did, and now, as everybody has pointed out. Not only is Friday just gigantic, which it was anyway, but VCU being in first place, to me that is absolutely huge in terms of the mental side of this because the pressure is all on St. Louis. They cannot lose this game because if they lose this game, they will effectively be – they'll be two games back in the loss column and they'll have already lost to VCU, which means head-to-head they can't win the tiebreaker. So – you know, when it looked like we were going to lose and St. Louis was winning for most of this game, it was only in about the last seven, eight minutes that Fordham really turned this around and won that game. Um, 
it looked like VCU was going to have all the pressure on them and it was going to be a must win for them. Now it's totally different. I mean, it's you can't call it a free hit totally because, again, St. Louis wins the game there in first and they'll have beaten us. But all the pressure's on them now. And that ought to, I would hope, kind of free VCU up a little bit. We're going on the road again. They got to win this game if they want to win this regular season. Because if they don't win this game, then they got to go beat VCU in the Seagull Center and then get still get help. Still get help. So, you know, this totally changes Friday. Totally changes it. And how about Fordham? I mean, Fordham finished Fordham finished like a like, like they were flying in the stretch of that game because it was St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. And in that last four minutes, Fordham just put it right on them. My God, Fordham is that's gonna be a tough game when that game comes. Holy mackerel. That game is gonna be uh, let's see, I wonder when the heck we're playing those guys. Cause that game is gonna be ooh. Even though we have such a great record up there, and I don't know if it's up there. We have a great record against them in general in this conference. Oh, Fordham is a Fordham is a different kettle of fish this year. Okay, that's a homecoming day and game and senior day. That's not till February 18th. But that'd be a much tougher game than what it looks like. But Friday. ESPN2, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And thankfully for me, ESPN Plus. Hallelujah. That'll make it much easier to watch this game than uh, what went on tonight. I'm very happy to say. So, I will be here uh, unless something crazy happens at the job. I will be here live in the good and the bad, the ugly group, and then there'll be a podcast the next day on that. And boy, oh boy. Friday, Friday, Friday. You can't get here soon enough. We got to wait three whole doggone days for this game, dates for this game, and it's absolutely just monstrous for us. But my gosh, you talk about. I mean, and here's the funny thing: that last game against St. Bonaventure, I was thinking about the turnaround, the fact that St. Louis could have lost to Davidson and didn't, and then we lost to St. Bonaventure, and it was like, man, that's one of those turnarounds that could just screw everything up. Well, now it's it's been reversed. Because we could have lost to Davidson and didn't. And they go and get beat, beat up at Rose Hill Gym up in the Bronx. And now we're back we're back up atop the league. And depending on when the brackets, when people do their brackets, we'll be back in the brackets uh, whenever they do their next bracket updates, at least, until, at least unless they're not doing it until after Friday. So that is the situation there. I want to thank everybody in the game thread and the comments. If you're not part of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly, Join us. You know, we have game threads that are wild and crazy and a lot of fun. There was a lot of swearing from me in the game thread, to be perfectly honest. So I had to get it out of my system because I wanted to murder the – I wanted to – excuse me. I wanted to – I wanted to physically do something to these refs. I can't – I got to be careful what I say or Facebook will ban me or something. I wanted to do physically do something to these refs because they were driving me bonkers. Uh, but, you know – our game threads can be wild and crazy, and tonight was certainly no exception. But we have other features around, you know, around the A10 where we're looking at our our conference colleagues and what's going on. And believe me, I had my eye, I had one eye on VCU and one eye on Fordham, especially when Fordham started cooking. Holy mackerel! Uh, and it looked like Fordham was going to win. I was just getting so excited watching that. I was excited, as excited, almost as excited to watch that as I was VCU. To be perfectly honest. 
Uh, so we'll be, we keep track of our we treat, keep track of the A10. We keep track of our non-conference opponents. And if you were in the if you're in the VCU good and the bad and the ugly group today, we did sort of a half-term report because now that the MEAC uh, did had games last night, every conference team we've played, with maybe the exception of Vanderbilt, are halfway through their conference season. So we took a look at where our conference opponent, where our non-conference opponents sat in their leagues and what records they have. And I have to say, a whole lot of them are doing better than what I thought they would do. You know, Northern Illinois looked like one of the worst teams in the country. They were 500 going into tonight, and they were volleyball spiking. I think it was Western Michigan. So they're over 500. You know, Howard was supposed to be a middle-of-the-pack team in the in the MEAC. They're tied for first. You know, and, and yes, Daniel Carter, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was supposed to be 11th or 12th best team in the ACC. They're third. Radford looked like a middle-of-the-pack Big South team. They're second. You know, and Kennesaw is tied for first in the A-Sun. So, you know, our non-conference schedule is certainly not going to be great, and it's not going to wow anybody in terms of the metrics, but it's looking a heck of a lot better uh, than what it looked like two or, you know, a month ago, even two months, even a month and a half ago. And that can be that could be a big difference for us uh, in, the, in in uh, in in March if we can get into the tournament. So we look at stuff like that. Tomorrow will be VCU by the numbers, where we may not be we may not have bracket positions for us because we're out of the brackets because St. Louis grabbed the first place from us over the weekend. But of course, if they if they come out the right time, if, they, if some of them come out Wednesday, we'll be in the bracket because we're back in first. But we'll look at all our numbers in terms of Ken Palm, Net, how we compare to the other top teams, Dayton and St. Louis. Um, you know, we'll be we'll be on the quad one watch to see where our quad one wins stand. Uh, Dayton is playing uh, uh, doggone uh, Loyal of Chicago now. I'm going to get that on as soon as I'm done with you guys. Um, so we'll be keeping our eye on that. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for the comments in the vi- in the video. I really appreciate it. Thank you all out there in Pat Podcast Land for listening and donating and all that. We really appreciate what you do. We're going to see you all in the good, the bad, and the other group Friday night. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Or Saturday in Podcast Land. Thank you all very much. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.